guys, welcome back to Thailand Coffee. I'm so glad you can join me today on this beautiful Monday. Last week, there was no episodes due to the fact that I didn't get, I didn't have time to study uh, the word, and I decided to skip it, but I didn't say anything, and I completely forgot. But today, we are continuing to learn about um, John chapter 4. Um, when Jesus and the, talks to the woman at the well, and this um, there's a specific uh, segment. Uh, it's a very, it's very. Um, how do I put this? Eye opening to today's troubles on how the church could be very distant because um, God doesn't want us to be, you know, this broken. Um, church. He wants us to be a united church, and um, that really touches on today's um, troubles that the church has, where many people divide and go away because of certain little things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So first, let's pray, and then we'll get right into it. Okay, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this wonderful day, Lord, for allowing me once again to be here on this platform to spread your word. I thank you so much for everything that you've done for me, Lord. I'm thankful for the other person on the other side, for bringing them here today on this beautiful day. I thank you for, for, for life, Lord. I'm thankful for everything that you've done. And I ask that you please forgive us both, Lord. Forgive us in our sins, Lord, that we have committed. And help us be better. Help us no longer make that sin anymore be stronger, Lord, in your name, and may it be your strength and your knowledge that teaches us to be better, because by our own strength and knowledge, we cannot do much. You are invincible, almighty, glorious God, who's with us every day, Lord. Hold our hand like children to the Lord, because sometimes, like children, we want to run away. But when you hold our hand, Lord, we we won't go much far. I thank you for everything, Lord, and help us understand, Lord, to help, please give us your wisdom to understand your word, open our hearts, and may this word, you know, change us. I thank you for everything, Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so let's get our pencils, notebooks, coffee, Bible and highlighters out and we'll get right into it okay so John 4 so we before we continue on yesterday <laughs> my church also talked about the Samaritan woman you know and the woman at the well and I thought it was very funny so I took plenty of notes you know to reflect on it in today's study so here it takes us back to Galilee, which was when we talked about uh, Jesus' first miracle. And we're also going to touch on the subjects uh, why the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. And for that, we're going to go back to the Old Testament to understand exactly why, okay? So when Jesus had to pass by Samaria to get on his way to Galilee, in Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman, 
and with the Samaritans in the car, he revealed that he is a gift of God, and that you can. We're going to find that in verse ten,、uh, who gives a foundation of water springing up from everlasting life to each believer. He also revealed that he is expected Messiah. Furthermore, Jesus pointed out, pointed the Samaritan to the truth about salvation, God's nature, and the worship of God's salvation comes along, comes from among the Jews, because the Messiah is a Jew. Jesus is spirit. God is spirit, and God must be worshipped in spirit and truth. So. Um, we're gonna today only get to verse sixteen, and then next, ah,、uh, not next week. Tomorrow we'll continue on, okay? So, and the word of God says, the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob and given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "Will you give? Would you give me a drink?" His disciples had gone down to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, "You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How could you ask me for a drink, since the Jews were not associated with Samaritans?" For Jesus answered. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that you ask for a drink, would you have asked him, and he would have given you living water? Sir, the woman said, "You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his flock and herds?" Jesus answered, "Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life." The woman said to him, "Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water." He told her. Go call your husband and come back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, that's where we're gonna stop. So right now, originally we're gonna stop at verse thirteen. Okay. So where it ends,、um, indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. I just got caught up in the moment. And speaking of water, I'm drinking water. <laughs> Uh, I usually get super thirsty, and my voice starts to get very like gritty if I don't drink anything throughout the segment. <laughs> so let's get into it. So 
When the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples, somehow Jesus realized that his popularity had come to the attention of the Pharisees. They had scrutinized the activities of John the Baptist and sent emissaries to question him about his identity. John always pointed to his followers to a greater one, the becoming Messiah, great because the greater one had come and was in fact drawing crowds away from John. The Pharisees began to watch Jesus closely. Jesus gained many more disciples than just 12. We know that he had at least 72 committed disciples. You can check that in Luke 10 verses 1 to 17. We are also told that various disciples came and went, especially in the times were difficult or when Jesus predicted troubles ahead. Part of the information received by the Pharisees was incorrect because it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was his disciples. So, this was uh, crucial because John the Baptist's statement in chapter 1 verse 33 of John said that the Messiah would baptize in the Holy Spirit in contrast to John who baptized in water. Just thus, Jesus would never imperfect personally perform water baptism. The disciples continued to perform the tasks at the earlier church uh, during the earlier years of the church. So um let's see. So when he left to the Judea and went back to Galilee, knowing the Pharisees in Jerusalem had heard about his popularity and that they would be being they would start watching him closely at the time Knowing that his hour had not yet come, Jesus wisely decided to withdraw from possible conflict by leaving Judea and returning to Galilee. Thus, Jesus' first Judean visit had come to an end. A visit begun by his coming to Jerusalem. For the Passover, the other Gospels did not record this visit. Remember, it's just in John. So, he needed to go through Samaria literally and it was necessary for him to pass Samaria since the Samaritans were hated by the Jews many of the strict Jew travelings from Judea to Galilee took a route through Samaria even though that route took more time but for those who were trying to make the best time the best time it was faster to go to Samaria to Galilee the context did not indicate that Jesus was in a hurry to get to Galilee so let's see oh i lost my page excuse me guys so in verse um five to six it says he came to a a town in samaria called sakar near the plot of ground jacob had given his son joseph so um yesterday um Yesterday's preacher for me at my church was questioning, why is it so necessary to point out that it was Jacob's well? What's the what's the point of that? And at that time, in Jacob's time, it used to be one nation. So it's <laughs> um, for those people who love movies and love books and love you know um, certain you know references to other types of books. Well, this is a reference, um, an Easter egg, because why did it have to mention Jacob's well? Because in the time of Jacob, it was only one nation. 
12 tribes, but it was one nation. And here's where uh, the message that I wanted to truly point out was God doesn't want us to be a separated church. So, let's see. When it's, it goes, well, we're going to go back to where it says Jesus was tired from his journey. And the trip was very laborious for Jesus and he was tired. He was human like us. Remember, 100% man, 100% God. But he was tired like us. And probably the trip to the car took two days. And Jesus' weariness sh- shows his true hum- <laughs> humanity. Humanity. Um, he waited while the disciples more rested or hungrier than he was. He went to find food. So when this is the six hours, this is probably about noontime. And it's probably the hottest part of the day. So it's probably like, uh, let's say, yeah, like around noontime. So, let's see. I want us to go to, um, let's see, where was it? I have it in my notes. Nehemiah? Nehemiah? Yes. So, like I said once before, the, the way that certain books are pronounced is, um, it's not that drastic, but I mostly, I've mostly never heard, you know, the books in English other than my brother because my brother mostly speaks English other than Spanish. And it was quite weird for us because, you know, we only spoke Spanish um, in, my, in my household and it was kind of weird when he didn't speak Spanish and we were all very confused. So he was the only one who learned the books of the, the Bible in you know, in English, while I learned them all in Spanish. So, you know, short Spanish lesson. Nehemiah is in Spanish, and Nehemias. So I want us to go through uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses, uh, let's see, 1 through 4. And this is going to describe exactly why they weren't friends, okay? So when Saldabat heard what we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly increased. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those evil and rubbles? burnt as they are. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are building, if even a fox climbed it up, he would break down their walls of stone. Chapter um, verse four. Let's see. Yes. And that's where we're gonna end. But here the the Samaria, Samarians are clearly ridiculing the Jews, you know, saying, are you going to even finish that wall? So here, this is basically going back in time, reviewing the history, exactly why they don't like them and why they're so separated from the Jews. I want us to go to Ezra. So that's one book behind. So we're going to go to Ezra chapter four also. Chapter four. 
verses 1 through 4. Let's see. Where is it? Okay. So here is, um, you know, sim- um, so sim- similar. <laughs> so when the enemies of Judea and Benjamin heard the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the head of the families and said, let us help you build because like you, we seek God and we have been sacrificing to him since the time of Eshraban, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Yeshua, and the rest of the heads of the family of Israel answered, you have no part with us in building the temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Sirius, the king of Persia, commanded us. Verse 4. Then the people around them sent out to discourage the people of Judea and make them afraid to go on to the building. So, once again, they are building a temple for God, you know, very nice, very nice, except they're like, no, not you Jews, get out, we're building it all by ourselves, and, you know, they sent out people like, hey, don't go there, you know, to scare them, and it was not cool, man, like, we're, you know, we are, we're, how do I say this, I, I lost my train of thought, we're both serving the same God, why do you have to kick us out, you know? So, in my Bible, it shows, um, you know, um, how exactly the, the temple looked like. And it's just like a rectangular building, you know, with a huge door in the front. <clears throat> you know, some stairs. And then in the center is a large pit, like a big, 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 big pit, where I guess they were sacrificing. So, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So, when it says in um, chapter 7, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. The facts are unusual about the woman's action. First, she should have gone to a closer well. So, apparently, there was a closer well near Sakar. And second, the woman generally drew water later that day when the temperature was cooler. This woman, whose reputation seems to be well-known in a small town, probably chose a further well away from home. So as we all know, um, later in this um, in this part of the Bible, it states, you know, um, when, oh, what's it called? Where was I? Excuse me for a moment. On uh, chapter, six, uh, chapter 16, verse 16, it says, go call your husband and come back. And it says, I have no husband. And, and you know, we all know that she, um, she had five. And since it was a small town, probably a bunch of people knew and, you know, were mean to her or, you know, you shamed her, casted her away from society because she was, you know, with seven men or five men, sorry. <laughs> and in, um, when that happened, well, many, you know, they're casted away and so they decided, she decided to go to a, you know, a further away well that was away from the rest of the people and at an earlier time where 
she probably planned out what time that most of the women went. So a small segment here where it's called a value gift. The woman at the well with shame on her mind, <clears throat> she was avoiding human contact, but a stranger at the well was probably little more than an inconvenience. How often at the supermarket, gas station, or even church do we pass by people loaded down with guilt? They find themselves having to pressure life necessities, hoping to avoid anyone who knows their real needs. Dreading judgment and rejection, they, fee- they live in fear. And yet, when they are sho- when shown real concern, when gently confronted, these same people find great relief in unburdening themselves. When you greet someone, how are you? Do you stop long enough to show him or her that you really want to know them? Simple caring is a gift valued infinitely more than it costs to give. For many people, a simple gift of caring can show them so much. And I'm going to be very honest, guys. I didn't read this small little segment because I was a bit in a hurry. And I remember praying to the Lord because um, there's a certain woman who leads this small, um, this small worship, um, not worship, it's a prayer group. She's a very wise woman and um, she's very kind and knows a lot. She's she's well she's well versed you know she she prays and you know she talks to the lord and the lord talks back to her and you know i (laughs) i want tend to avoid her because she how do i put this she's not rude she's not any of those things but similar to how it says here um hoping to avoid anyone who knows their real needs she um she would sometimes tell us that god would tell her certain things and they would come true and we didn't leave the the prayer group because we we didn't like what we heard it was more like we became very busy um during those years and it was years ago and i still remember but um we would, you know, bump into her to the supermarket and we say hi and how are you and good, good, nothing, nothing, nothing bad, no, <laughs> no um, <clears throat> conflict. But I would dread, you know, when she would come because I'd fear that, you know, God would tell her, oh, you see her? Yeah, her, she, she's not, you know, she's not doing well. And it would be these thoughts that would say, like, he's going to tell her, and he's going to tell her. And <laughs> then she'd tell me, and I'd be like, um, I don't think so, wrong person. You know, it's those type of things, but I know they're just thoughts from the devil trying to put me down, trying to make me, you know, think badly of her. And I'm like, no, she's a great woman, a woman of God. And it's just these eternalized fears that, you know, we have to put ourselves out there. 
and I'm not one who tends to put herself out there. <clears throat> so that's what this valued gift is, you know. Show them that you really care. So uh, Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a drink?" Again, this statement reveals Jesus' true humanity. He was really thirsty, and since Jesus did not have any container, he asked the woman for a drink. Even such a request startled her. It drew her into a conversation with Jesus. So at this point,、uh, the disciples had gone into the town to go buy food. And to verse nine, it says, "The Samaritan woman said to him, 'How is that you, a Jew, ask me drink, a, a woman of Samaria?'" <clears throat> the Samaritan woman was very surprised. First, that a Jew would even speak to a Samaritan. Second, that a Jewish male would speak to a Samaritan woman. She also had a bad reputation, and this was a public place. Thirdly, that a Jew would drink from a Samaritan's cup. The surprise is explained by the gospel writers who clues on the relationship between the Samaritans and Jewish Jews. So the the Jews don't share things in common with Samaritans, like we said before, and we talked about、um, uh, Nehemiah and Ezra, how they just didn't get along. And even though they wanted to worship the same God, they just didn't get along. They did bad things. So yes, let's go on to verse ten. Where it says, Jesus answered, "If you knew the gift of God and who it what it is that you ask to drink, would you have asked Him, and He would have given you living water?" The woman was ignorant of God's gift, the gift of life represented by living water. She did not know the giver, Jesus Messiah. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus makes an extraordinary offer to the stranger, living water, that would quench her thirst forever. And it's not, you know, if we didn't get this out of the way already, then it's not water, normal water. You know, it's the gift of life. It was that. And here is another segment called "No Prejudices Allowed." This woman was a Samaritan, a member of the hated mixed race, and was also known to be living in sin. And it was a public place. No respectable Jewish man would talk to a woman under such circumstances, but Jesus did. The attitude of the Jews towards Samaritans in Jesus' day was is not unlike that which has been frequently displayed in Americans by whites towards blacks. In the past, whites have not allowed blacks to share the same public facilities as them. For Jesus to ask a drink from a water using a utensil belonging to a Samaritan woman was to go against the accepted prejudices at the time. This gospel is for every person, no matter what his or her race, social position, religious orientation, or past sins. We must be prepared to share this gospel at any time, in any place. We must also be prepared to deal with those who may be accustomed to being ill-treated, and those who are not sure of our motives. Jesus crosses all barriers to share the gospel. And we will follow him, much 
do not last if misunderstood. Throw no prejudices against any person. You may not know where they come from. You don't know their life story. So why judge them? Who are we to judge other people when we also used to live in sin? Maybe still live in sin. We are nobody, so we should not think greater of ourselves. The only one greater than us is God. So, in verse 11 it says, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Jesus remarked concerning the living water produced several practical questions in the mind of a Samaritan woman. Like Nicodemus, she did not immediately sense the depth of Jesus' word. Although, obviously, she thought if this living water was some water at the bottom of this bread spring-fed well, Jesus was in no position to offer it because he had no container of drying it. The woman assumed that Jesus would not want to use her jar because of the strong prejudices. She began to wonder if Jesus had access to some source of water other than Jacob's well. Yet she could clearly see that he had no container in which he could store this living water, so she began to ask more questions. Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and his sons and his flock drink from it? What caused this response? Perhaps the woman sensed in Jesus' words of a possible dishonoring of the well provided by their great answer Jacob. Or perhaps this woman was the beginning to have some inkling to who Jesus was claiming to be. He certainly did it. He certainly accepted her way in in a way that he must have challenged her thinking. In verse 13, which is the last, um, no, not yet. We're almost done, okay? So everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. People need daily water because if not, they will become thirsty and they'll always return. The water from Jacob well would indeed satisfy the woman's thirst, but only temporarily. She would always need to return for more. So, she would always need to return for more. So, also, all of these other drinks of life, they never satisfied someone. Some of them even create more thirst. The human needs for love, food, sex, security, approval even when met, do not completely satisfy. Attempts to fulfill satisfaction would only lead to disappointment and despair. The Samaritan woman would have to admit that she was not satisfied, for she had five husbands and a man she now lived with who was not her husband. Those who drink from the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water Jesus offers quenches spiritual thirst so completely that those who drink will never be thirsty again. Jesus' water continues to satisfy the desires of God for God's presence because the water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up 
to eternal life. The gift that Jesus gives, a spring of gushing up to eternal life, suggests the availability, accessibility, and the abundance of the divine life for believers. The expression to eternal life probably means resulting in eternal life. And I want to end with this small thing called, Are you satisfied? Spiritual functions are the parallels, physical functions. Our body hungers and thirsts, so do our souls. But our souls need spiritual food and water. The woman confused the two kinds of water. Perhaps no one had ever told her about her spiritual hunger and thirst before. We would not think of depriving our bodies of food and water when we hunger for thirst. Why then should we deprive our souls, the living world, the living word, Jesus Christ, and the written word, the Bible, can satisfy our hunger and thirsty souls? So I want to end there. And leaving on that note, you know, how we can't survive. Well, we can, but we get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And sometimes we get mad that we're not eating yet. It might be, you know, dinner, and we're hungry that dinner isn't done. Then why think that we could, you know, deprive our souls from the food that it needs, the spiritual food. Because not only does man live by bread, but of the living word that is Jesus. Or, why why would we do this? Why would we, you know, completely separate this one nation that used to be this? Why but this one kingdom completely tear up and become multiple. Everybody fighting, even though it's for the same thing. Everybody wants, you know, power. And that's what this these people just wanted. And what do I mean by that? You might be saying, Sarah, what do you mean they never talk about power? But every time this one kingdom became separated because they're always fighting, they're always doing this, you know, they didn't just listen to God. And God doesn't want us to be a separated kingdom. He wants us to be the united kingdom. But yet, it just didn't happen. And while we pray, I want you to ask, have you asked for the living water? Have you asked God for that living water? Don't quench your spirit from the food that it needs. Let God fill you up. Like we talked when Jesus made water into wine. It said that he filled it up to the top with water. There is nothing else except water. It was filled to the top, so you knew nothing else was added to make it into wine. 
because you don't need anything else except Him. Nothing can satisfy you except Him. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who saved us from, you know, perishing into eternal damnation. He's here. He wants you to come back. Eternal life waits with Him if you ask for that living water. God wants us to be in the United Kingdom. So just open your heart and come back to Him. I want us to go to Matthew. Verse 23, uh, 37 to 39. So it says, in your Bible, it might be read. So verse 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing. But you were not willing. Look, your house is left to your desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until the You say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus wants to pick you up like a mother gathers her children. Don't reject it. It's quite a foolish thing to do. Accept Jesus into your heart today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this, for today's lesson. I thank you for allowing us to understand the more, Lord, that you want to gather us up to become one once again. Help us, Lord, reach that. Help us be better each day, Lord, to understand more about you and to not reject you, Lord. Help us open our hearts and come into our hearts. Heal us from past hurt, Lord. From those who have might hurt in them or just abused. Satisfy us, please, Lord. You are the only one who could satisfy us. We don't need anything except you, Lord. And may this lesson stay in our hearts, Lord, and not go through one year and out the other. Help us understand you more, Lord. And may not may this not be a simple one-dimensional faith, but Lord, may it be complicated, Lord, and not in that way complicated. But may it be a deep relationship, Lord. Not this simple, simple little thing. I thank you so much for what you've done, Lord. And please take care of the other person on the other side of the screen. Keep them safe, Lord, from all harm. And I thank you for everything, Lord.
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, guys. Well, I'll see you tomorrow so we can finish um, the rest of the woman at the well, okay? Bye.